Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. The vision for a harvest. There are there are seasons where the Lord deals with people in a particular way. So the Lord begins to speak um, and emphasize certain things in either the life of the local church or your personal life. But you, you realize that the Lord is emphasizing something stronger than before. Or it's important that when the Lord is emphasizing something that you follow that emphasis. Because it means that there is something God wants to achieve. Praise God. You know, there are certain times you would feel like praying more. You just feel like praying more. Then pray. <laughs> you know, everything around you that time would, would point towards prayer. You see a book, it will be prayer. You hear a message, it will be prayer. You, you almost see prayer around you. It's, it's the way the Holy Spirit pushes you into your prophetic purpose. And sometimes it will just be reading the word, studying more, fasting, giving. So there is an emphasis that the Lord has been putting in my heart in the last couple of days. And even our church in Bonit, something that we've picked up and we're running with. It's the issue of reaching out to lost souls. And not seeing the church as just a place for us to have nice meetings that meet our own needs. So, when we come to church, it's not so much about how much we can get from God the more, but having a consciousness that there is a world in the church and there's a world out there, and that world needs to be reached. Praise God. So, I'm, I'm going to go in the line of that emphasis. Let's go to Proverbs 29 and verse 18. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18. I want to start from there. Then we're going to have a long reading in John chapter 4. We're talking about the vision for harvest. The vision for harvest. The New King James Version says, Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraints. Where there is no revelation, they cast off restraints. Uh, the New American Standard says, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. That word there, uh, revelation or vision, in the Hebrew is redemptive revelation. Is redemptive revelation. Now, if you understand that scripture very well, it says, if there is no vision, there will be no restraints. That means that vision actually restrains a man. Do, do you understand that? 
if, if, if you have a vision, it will constrain you. The, the best people to describe this is my sisters. If a woman wants to buy a shoe, eh, there will be restraints on how she spends money. Are, are you following this? Or she wants to go to the market. Or the children need something. Now, if the children need something, let's assume it's a home where they don't have enough resources, where the man will just say, oh, what does the children need? You see that from the money you give to have to go to the market, although the money will not naturally be enough, she will still carve out, she will still have the soup made and still carve out extra for whatever the children need. What's giving her that restraint? A vision of what she wants to buy. Now, um, when somebody has a vision that is controlling them, they require less supervision. If you, if you have to talk to people all the time about something, they haven't caught the vision yet. So, uh, if you have a vision, it will constrain you. It will restrain you. So, the Bible says, if there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. Now, interestingly, the word unrestrained there also talks about um, a state where someone is almost dead. That's why the King James Version says where there is no vision, what happens? The people do what? Perish. Because what keeps a man alive is his vision. You know, we, we have entered into 2022. And you can remember people had excitement about 2022, right? In December. It looked like this is the year. <laughs> and by February, people are tired. They are waiting for 2023. The vision was not strong enough. What they had was resolutions. Resolution is not a vision. You know, people who want to lose weight, they go to the gym. Hmm? And they are more interested in snapping themselves than losing weight. Have you have you observed people that people people are more interested in taking pictures? Say, take me. And then they post. Burning fat. Check by April. They are in party. I cannot come and kill myself. They, they've, they've lost it. It wasn't a vision. It was just moving with the masses. So every time there's something new, there's an excitement. Every time there's a new year, there's an excitement. But excitement is not enough to keep you. It's a vision that keeps you. Excitement in any area of your life. We're talking about the vision for the harvest. But in any area of your life, until what you want becomes a burning vision, it will not keep you. You see, Jesus had a vision from the Father. To redeem the world. And he says the son of man came to do what? To save and to seek that which was lost. It was a burning vision. When uh, Peter told him don't go to the cross. He said get thee behind me Satan. It was that that was restrained him. Your vision will cause you to go through inconveniences with joy. Are you following this? Let's go back to our example. Let's say we want to buy something in the house or you want to pay your house rent or you want to do something. You deny yourself of certain things. Now, you don't see that denial as a punishment. You rather see it as what? A step to achieving your vision. 
It's the same thing. When we catch God's vision for the lost, whatever we do to reach the lost, no longer becomes inconveniencing. It becomes a step to reaching the lost. You know, many times people reach out to me and they wonder like, why do you do, why do you travel, how do you preach this, how do you do all the many things? It's people who look at me from the outside and see it like walk. It's a vision. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I don't see it so much as a burden. I see it as what? As an opportunity. But someone outside who doesn't have the same vision that I have sees it as what? As work. You know, most people ask me, how do you cope? Then I say the same way you're coping with your job. How are you coping with your job? It's the same thing. This is my job. This is my assignment. But it's not just a vocation. It's a vision. To see the gospel spread all through the world. Now, when you have that vision, there is a level of restraint that would come to your life. We're talking about vision for the lost or the vision for the harvest. Seeing something beyond just our personal vision and our personal goals and seeing something that's in the heart of the Father. Let's read John chapter 4 and I want to show you something there. John chapter 4. Now, there's a, a long story there about the... Samaritan woman. Okay, first of all, sorry, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Go to verse 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 13. Thank you. Look at what it says. It says, For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we have a sound mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us. Think about that statement. Huh? You know, the King James Version uses the word constraints. The love of Christ constrains us. Now, remember what we read in Proverbs. It says, where there is no uh, vision, the people are what? Unrestrained. So, you can have unrestrained and you can have constrained. So, that means where there is vision, there is constraint. Where there is no vision, they are unrestrained, right? Now, what is the vision here that's controlling Paul? It says, the love of Christ. says, the love of Christ constrains us. Let's go back to the New American Standard Version. It controls us. It's what propels us. It's what gives us direction. What controls you? What controls your time? What controls your passion? What controls your life? What is that? You see, (laughs) I I, I used to, I mean, God has blessed us with, with our teenage outreach. On the island, um, currently now, we, every month, so we go to schools. Um, the team goes to schools to preach, led by Sister Mary. So they go to school every morning. So we preach in like four schools every morning. 
And every month we have about 130 teenagers that come into our church, you know, just to be taught the word. So we're currently building the teenage auditorium right now. We just finished the foundation. We should be ready by December uh, for our teenage church. But you see, what prompted us to reach the teenagers was the love of Christ. We can sit and be complaining about what teenagers are doing. Or something can control us and go reach them. Everybody can complain. Hmm? Everybody, as we are here. Don't you know what is wrong with Nigeria? Or you don't think anything is wrong with us? Oh, come on now. Are you Nigerians? Okay, I'm just wondering if I'm in Ukraine. Alright. How many of us know what is wrong with this country? You know what is wrong with this country. You don't know. Uh, Mike, you don't know what is wrong. So why are you not contesting for president? You know it's easy to control the country from Twitter. Hmm? We had one footballer like that. Gary Neville. Was it Gary Neville now? I think it was Gary Neville. Who matched United player. And then he went to become a coach. After losing many matches. Hmm? They brought him back. But very good in analyzing. You know, we are all good coaches from 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 front of the TV until they now give you eh? like the one they said, ah, very good. He's very good. He, he's the one that taught this one. He taught that one. He taught this one. They brought him now. He has destroyed everything. <laughs> it's easy. But when you are in love with something, that love helps you to see what others are not seeing. If you really love God and you really love teenagers, you would reach out to them. You would not wait for them to come. You would go to where they are and reach out to them. It's the same way the love of Christ has to compel us to go out, to reach out. So if a man is not reaching out, that love has not saturated his heart. He has not saturated his heart. He has not filled his heart. He's not filled his heart to the point of controlling. He says the love of God controls us. It's the propelling vision. You see, no vision works without love. Even in the natural. You know, I, I, I tell people this, right? I'm not... Of course, I'm a minister of the gospel, so politics is not my area. But if you actually have a leader who loves the people, leadership is very easy. That's the truth. You know, and, and you know, even as Nigerians, we complain a lot about the federal government. The, the federal government. But all you really need to know that <laughs> is to go to your own local government and ask what your local government chairman is doing. At least your local government chairman is not from somewhere else. He's from there. So you realize that love for self and love for the people is different. Are you following this now? What you need to change a nation is people who actually love the nation. Not love themselves. Not using the nation as an opportunity to do what? 
to steal or, inherit, uh, or enrich themselves. If we bring that to what I'm talking about this morning, the people who really love God will not just use God for themselves. They will use the love of God, the mercy of God, the spirit of God, the grace of God, the resources of God to further the cause of the kingdom. It will not just be about what can I get from God. It will be what God can use us to do. Let's read on. You'll find it here. Verse 15. It goes on to say, And he died for all, so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. The trajectory of our life has changed. We no longer live for ourselves. He died for us so that we don't live for ourselves again. Now, the truth of the matter is, anybody who has a vision is no longer concerned about himself. Uh, the Yorubas would always talk of, well, not just the Yorubas, but I mean, all over the country, people would talk about Obafemi um, Awolowo and his free education that he introduced, and people would say, oh, I went to school because of Awolowo, right? Now, he didn't, do, he didn't take his children and send them abroad. That would be personal vision. There's nothing wrong with that. But he could have asked, well, at that time, just decided to say, hey, you know what? You guys go to Cambridge. His children would have been educated, fantastic. Nothing wrong with that. But what happened? He didn't live for himself. Now, what happened? As a result of that, there were many people who came out of schools because that man chose not to live for himself. That's true life. That's why, follow me carefully, it says that where there is no vision, the people perish. The perish there simply means that where a man has no vision, he actually lives for himself. But if a man has a vision, he's truly living because he would live for others. When Jesus came, Jesus did not die for himself. He died for the sins of the whole world. When you receive salvation, you ought to live that way. So many more will receive salvation. A lot of the issues we're dealing with, they are issues of people not knowing Christ. That is why personally I don't believe there is anything called, this one is a Christian president. I don't, I don't believe all those things. Because what we just do is when elections come, we just find somebody who is like us and we vote for them and then they go there and do what... They are not disciples of Christ. That's the truth. Are, are you following that? They are not disciples of Christ. The disciples of Christ will do the right thing. You see, when a true believer steps into a position of authority, you would see the kingdom reflected in his decisions. Hallelujah. And he died for all. Don't forget, God died for all so that they who live might no longer live for themselves. Are you living for yourself? But for him who died and rose again on their behalf. You know, um, a, few, a few weeks ago, uh, we went for the funeral of my mom-in-law and um, a Roman Catholic preach, was preaching on the meaning of life. And, you know, talked about a lot of things. But he said something that really struck a chord in my heart. You know, I've always thought of that. When people die, we want to give them a befitting burial. So he asked a very simple question. This woman you want to give a befitting burial. Hmm? All the meats you people cooked, who ate it? 
How many of you know the answer? Come on, talk to me. How many of you know the answer? Who ate it? We. Eh? All the nice clothes that you sold to give Mama a beating barrier, who wore it? We. All the drinks. <laughs> and then he said something. He said, the truth of the matter is that everything we call a befitting barrier is actually for us. That person who we buried is gone. And you know, that's the truth. That's the truth. Actually, 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 if you really think of it, that befitting barrier is our ego. We just don't want people to know that. Ah, hmm? so they will cry small. You eat chicken. Say it's okay, it's okay. It's who is alive that will live? You give you turkey, and yet and the person is gone. And then a few days afterwards, this whole Ukraine and Russia war started. And in a twinkling of an eye, you could see African students who were there, who. You know, when you are here, you feel very bad. Ah, guys are studying abroad. They began to run. People began to run from their houses. People were losing properties. Then you actually ask, what's the meaning of life? One decision. Are you following? I'm trying to give you perspective. One decision. Everything that you worked for. In fact, what even prompted that? When we went, it was a village hotel we stayed. So the best was very bad. So... Um, my wife was looking for a bedsheet to use, so they gave us one of the mother's bedsheets that somebody bought for her that she didn't use. Very new bedsheet, so we used it. <laughs> so, you know, I was just thinking, so I decided when I came back, all the things they bought for me, <laughs> I'm going to be grooving them now. You know, because we just have this, you know, I mean, of course, we trust God for long life and everything, but we just have this accumulation, accumulation, and sometimes we never really get to enjoy what we have because we're still hoping for the next level, the next day. Are you following that? But every single day, someone slips into eternity without the gospel, and we have a responsibility for those souls. Look at this. That we no longer live for ourselves. I'll tell you this. Everything we have in this world is temporal. Very temporal. You know that a whole, a man's whole savings can go down with one fire incident. A man's whole life. Whole, you know, I look at this life and you see, it's something very little that can upset the balance of your life. Something very little. I don't know how many men have experienced it, but if, you, if you're a lady, you should have experienced it. When you do your fish, and those little bones, right, stick in your fingers, it's very tiny, but you know that you are uncomfortable. You are, until you have to take it out. It's the same thing with life. Very little thing can upset everything, but there's something eternal. It's the gospel. It's the word of God. It's the life of God. And we have the responsibility to make sure the world gets it. Listen, not just churchgoers that they get it right. That they are discipled. That when a Christian tells you, he gives you his word, he'll keep his word. So, the great commission. Okay? Pastor, make sure that the, the message I taught on the great commission, just put it on the church group so they can listen to it. Alright? 
The great commission is not just so winning. It is what? Discipleship. So that the life of the Christian reflects the kingdom. Are you following that now? It's not just that we get getting people to church is one thing. Maturing them in the way of the kingdom becomes our greatest responsibility. And that's our task. So sometimes people say, but this person is going to church. No. Are they living the life? If they are not living the life, you still have a responsibility to them to make sure they are living the life. So the great commission never ends. Hallelujah. Now let's look at this. Thank you Lord Jesus. Look at this. 16. Therefore from now on we recognize no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him in this way no longer. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now this is a scripture we like a lot. Hmm? Now all these things are from God. Who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Saints, you cannot love verse 17 and not take verse 18. They go together. The new creation has a ministry. Every one of us that is born again, we've got a ministry of reconciliation. We have it. Everyone who's born again has a ministry of reconciliation. Now go on. Go to the next verse. Verse 19. Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespass against them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now, if you look at verse 18, he says he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19 says he did what? committed to us the word of reconciliation. So the new creation both has the ministry of reconciliation and the word of reconciliation. It didn't say pastors. It says if any man be in Christ. The ministry of reconciliation. And you know what saints of God? As church, not just KDCC, as church, the body of Christ, we have been too focused on ourselves. Are you following this? We have to take this message out. Every meeting cannot be about breakthrough. Every meeting cannot be about favor. Every meeting cannot be about us. Hmm? Every meeting cannot just be about our prosperity. There is a... You see, let me tell you something. If... You know why I am... You know, I mean, doing ministry and doing the way I'm doing Because someone reached out to me. And gave me the message of life. You know why you're here? Because someone reached out to you and gave you the message of life. Who would you reach out to? Who would say, hey, this person reached out to me? You see, those people we complain about, those drug addicts, those armed robbers, those things. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Society has no way to curb them. It is the reflection of the human nature. Are you following what I'm saying? You know, sometimes I even find it funny the way Christians talk. Oh, you know, in other nations, there's security. In other nations, it's okay. I mean, we agree with all of that. Even a blind person knows that. But have you also, do you also know that in those nations, people carry guns to, to schools and shoot? You think there's security against that one? 
Just as the love of God constrains you, that's how the devil constrains them to do wicked and evil things. Praise God. Terrible things. Sometimes you have to look at those nations. Uh, of course, their media, their media is well controlled, so they don't report a lot of things. But sometimes you have to look at those nations and see the evil that goes on in those nations. What I'm trying to say is that if a man is not born again, whether he's white, black, or brown, Satan controls his decisions, his affairs. So the solution to the world's problem is people getting the message of the gospel and being discipled to walk in it. Understand two things I'm emphasizing. I'm not just emphasizing being preached to, but being what? Discipled. You know, yesterday, uh, uh, on Thursday and Friday, I was in Lagos. Preached in church on Wednesday, then I went to Lagos. I taught in a Bible school Friday, Saturday. So I came in yesterday. Now, I was supposed to teach in another Bible school in the evening, about 7.30. So the pastor, well, he's seen all my travels and everything. So he reached out to me that, will I be able to make it and all everything? So I just told him something. I said, if I give you my word, I'll keep it. And of course, I made it. If I give you my, if I tell you I'm going to do something, I'll do it. That's how a Christian is. A Christian does not need to sign signature with lawyer, with witnesses, with photograph, with this thing. And at the end of the day, they are begging you to keep your word. No, the Bible says you swear to your own heart. What that means is if you have made a commitment and that commitment will cost you because you are a child of God. If you tell someone, I'll be somewhere at such a time, you keep it. People shouldn't doubt your words. People shouldn't doubt your commitment. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, when I talk about the vision for a harvest, I'm not just talking about soul winning. I'm talking about what? Discipleship. That people are trained. When you meet a believer, you know I have met a believer. That's the work of the church. Not just the work of the pastors. That's our work. First of all, we submit ourselves to discipleship through the local church and then we are in a position to do what? To disciple others. Let's go to John chapter 4. Okay, hold on. Let's just finish this. Uh, go to verse 20. Verse 20. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making an appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. We are ambassadors. We now represent the kingdom. You're now selling them in church. Huh? Look at our youths today. Ritual killing. Hmm? For money. Hmm? And people, is, people are wondering, where did this start from? Where did this start from? How can you wonder? How can you wonder? This, what films have we been watching since 1900s? It's a harvest. Uh, come on. All our earlier films. Eh? Come on, what's the richest? Those who did, you know, you, you think these things, you just watch them, watch them after a while, a generation will reap it. Hmm? And yet, when we have teenagers in church, what are we teaching them? This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. That's what we do in church. You know, we like to play a lot in church. You carry teenagers, be teaching them caprison, giving them caprison, biscuit game. Be petting your teenagers. Then by the time they get into the university, they are in the same class with people who have attempted ritual killing. Your own is still doing this little light of man. I'm going to let it shine. He's not equipped to face the wickedness in the world. 
Then I told them, once you are in SS1, you go to the main church in church. Our teenage church is just GS1 to GS3. And we're teaching them the gifts of the Spirit, teaching them, making them read Brother Hagin's book. Because that's what they need. Can't be drinking Capison at GS2. And then you now go and sit with the son of a devil who has been immersed. You know, evil people are discipled into evil early. And you know, when people are discipled into evil, they don't give them less content. They give them the main one. <laughs> you know, sometimes we underrate our children. Why can't your children walk in the gifts of the Spirit? The Holy Spirit doesn't have a small size version. You know, sometimes we think that the Holy Spirit just gives them, ah, how old are you? 10? He say, okay, your, your own Holy Spirit is 5 cm. <laughs> no, 5 liters. No. No. If you teach them the things of the Spirit, they'll walk on them early. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Sometimes when your children come to ask you a question, tell them, pray. Let God tell you what to do and come back to me. That's how you train them to hear the voice of God. Praise the name of the Lord. That's how you train them to hear the voice of God. Train them from an early age to sow, to give. Praise God. Train them. Have a vision that your teenagers will be warriors for God. That when they go to school, they will be the one to influence their people for Christ. Are you following what I'm saying? Train them that way. Have a vision for harvest. Go to John chapter 4. Let's see if we can wrap up there. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want you to live here with a strong vision. When you live here with a strong vision, I want you to live here with having a vision for harvest. There are areas that you need to start engaging. Don't sit down as a pastor. Have a vision for the harvest. Hallelujah. Have a vision for harvest. Let the vision control you. Let the vision control you. Let it lead you. Let me tell you this thing about money. The resources will come as we follow the vision. It will come. Hallelujah. It will come. So we can do more things for God. John chapter 4. Verse 7. Therefore came a woman of Samaria to draw water. You know, uh, Jesus was hungry, so he sat by the well. If you read that verse 5. So he came to the city of Samaria called Seeker, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, being weary from his journey, was sitting thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. He was tired. But you see, because Jesus was tired, did not stop him from preaching. Something constrained him. See, nothing in the natural should stop us from reaching souls. That's what I like about this story. Jesus was tired. He did not say, ah, I'm tired. No. That was an opportunity to reach out. Praise God. You know, I don't know how many of you saw my, uh, there was a short video I did on not redeeming firstborn with money. I don't know how many of you watched it. It was on my status and on Facebook. You know, so we sponsored it on Facebook. And we, I mean, we received massive, massive messages just coming in. People wanting more. And we also received quite a number of insults. But I was just wondering, 
as fundamental as that message is, a lot of Christians still fight it. How do you teach people to take money to redeem their firstborn? It, it shows you it shows you how much work needs to be done in the body of Christ. Now, I don't understand it. Now, the firstborn son is cursed. Then the other ones are not. Now, you, their father, was redeemed by the blood of Jesus. You will now take Naira. If it was even dollars, I would say, okay, maybe it can work. Right? You will now take Naira and redeem your firstborn. You know, when, 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 when that message went forth, I, I told myself, I, I, and I told my staff, I said, I'm going to put money on this message. We'll keep sponsoring it to the end of the year. We'll just put in money. So that many people, because many people reached out to us. Until I learned that the major denomination in this country teaches it. And I, I went on their website, and I actually saw on their website, there is a, a place where you can give redemption of firstborn offering. Major denomination in this nation. And I, I, that's why I saw, oh wow, that's why the response was much. Let me tell you, the fact that we have many churches does not mean the gospel has gone forth. Amen. That's our passion. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, let's, let's not be deceived by the gatherings on Sunday morning. Let's not be deceived by the empty streets on Sunday morning. There's still work to be done. How we know that the gospel has penetrated our nation is when the corruption rate drops. That will be the sign that people have started following Christ. So there's work. The nation is a mission field. That your neighbor that is going to church, that his lifestyle is not like a Christian, is a mission field. Catch a vision to disciple him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. There's so women, and there's what? Discipleship. Have both vision. I would win those who are not born again, and I would disciple those. Share the messages that you have been taught here. Have you listened to this? Have you listened to this? What do you think? Saints, there's work for us to do. Let's not relent. Let's not sit in the comfort of our homes. There is more work to be done. Hallelujah. Look at this. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples have gone away into the city to buy food. So we know Jesus was hungry. Therefore the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask me for a drink since I'm a Samaritan woman? For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritan. Can you see that Jesus had a vision that controlled him? In the natural, these people were quarreling. But you know what? <laughs> Jesus put aside that national tribal quarrel so that the gospel can be preached. There are people we might not like. We have to reach them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Can you see that? Personal vision. Hmm? Goes beyond your personal comforts. These were two tribes that don't have a discussion. But Jesus went above that. Went beyond that. Reached out to this woman. Some things might not be convenient. We have to do them. Hmm? I mean, Pastor Mike is here. All the work you guys did in Fekawari. Look at all those secondary school people. When you see them today, are you not happy that you poured into those people? 
Some of them are married. Some of them are children. Some of them are going to schools. But that vision, that impartation guides their choices. Listen, no soul that is touched is wasted. That young teenager you are teaching now will be somebody's husband, will be somebody's father, will be somebody's boss. That's So when you teach them, you are teaching with that mindset. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Are you still here? There are many people today who I bless into my ministry who are some I've even forgotten. But you say, oh pastor, many years ago I was in a meeting, my life was changed, I want to bless you. If I was looking at the blessing, they would bless me those days. I would not teach them because they, they didn't have anything that looked like they would be blessed. Are you following this? Your vision is not just the immediate. That guy in your compound might look like he might not be born again. But keep sowing the seed of God's word. Have flyers in your car. Keep reaching out. Keep inviting. Keep inviting. Keep pouring. Look at this. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it, it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. She said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? You are not greater than our father Jacob. Are you who gave us the well and drank of it himself and his sons and his cattle? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will test again. Have this vision. Have, see this about life. Come on, are you here? Are you still here? See this about life. Everything we have now will not satisfy us. Hmm? You know, there are people who are earning 500,000 a month. There are people who are earning 50,000. You know, people who are earning 50,000 are telling themselves that, Kai, if I just see God, if I just earn 500, for, I will not pray again. Forget, my life is made. And the one earning 500 is just saying, God, God, just make it 1 million. Just know that. For the rest of, and the one earning 1 million is saying, Lord, just top it. <laughs> He realized that everybody, eh? if not, you ask your governors, why are they still stealing? Somebody will steal and steal and steal and steal, like one of your former presidents. Every time the country is broke, they'll return a bit of the funds he stole. That, ah, <laughs> your boss stole some money, or let's give you small. Imagine, we'll be collecting money from that guy's stolen phone. You ask yourself that, even if you wanted to spend the money on yourself, what did you, did you want to buy the whole world? Why? Because the human nature is never satisfied. If you don't teach yourself contentment, you will never be content. There will be something better than... Are you following what I'm saying? There's always be something better than where you are. Even in the ministry, you have to learn contentment. In life, you have to learn it. At a time, you have to post yourself and say, you know what? I will be grateful for where I am. I will... It's not... Where I think I should be, but I'm grateful. I thank God. I thank God for what He's given me. Hallelujah. So, if people do not partake of eternal life, they will test again. You know, I don't know if you know this um, uh, musician in, in South Africa, he's one of their popular rap artists and all that, who committed suicide a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, people were wondering this, he had everything. He was popular. He was famous. He's got money. Why is he committing suicide? You know, sometimes when you hear that people commit suicide, you tell yourself that if I have what 
half of what this person have. I will live to 180. <laughs> it's a lie. They've had it. And they found empty. Emptiness. How many of you have ever bought a new phone? Hmm? When you buy a new phone, the first two days, you almost sleep with it under the pillow. Nobody should touch it. You're excited. After about three weeks, it's your last baby. You'll be saying, bring my phone. Empty. Am, am I right? The first one day, hey, if don't, 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 don't worry if it rings. I'll pick it myself. Just leave it. I'll pick it myself. After a while, eh, you buy that new shoe. You Everything in life. Hmm? When you just got married, you're excited. Ah, where are you? Anywhere the, the, your wife is, you are calling. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? After a while, sir, you have not called me for seven. It's if I don't call, you know that I'm okay. <laughs> Say if you don't hear from me, know that I'm fine. <laughs> Do you understand what he has not trying to say? Is that I only call you in emergency. That excitement. So what am I trying to say? Nothing in this life will satisfy us until we drink from that living water. And that's what Jesus wants to offer to people through us, through you. Then Jesus went on to say, The woman said, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty. Not come all the way here. The woman just wanted to drink water once and for all. <laughs> then he said, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said, You have heard correctly. You have said correctly, I have no husband. For you have five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. This you have said truly. Do you realize the kind of woman Jesus met? Do you know Jesus did not use this woman to gain points? Say you have five husbands. Am I lying? Say no, Papa, you are not lying. Go deeper, Papa. Go deeper. Say yes, I'm a man of God. We don't use people's situation to gain points in ministry. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Jesus did not try to be a prophet who never misses it. You know why? And pay attention to what I'm saying because it's very prophetic. We do all those things in the church and we miss the essence of church. So people are mesmerized by our gifts. People are excited about how forensic our prophecies are. But they never come to the Savior. You realize Jesus did not build the ministry on how accurate his prophetic words were. Jesus went on further to lead her to more deeper realms. Then he says, you worship what you do not know. So it's possible for people to worship what they don't know. We worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming and now is when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth for such people the Father seeks to be his worshipper. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming. He who is called Christ. When that one comes, he will declare all things to us. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. At this point, his disciples came. Look at this. And they were amazed that they had been speaking with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you seek? Or why do you speak? They were surprised. Why was Jesus talking to this woman? The difference between Jesus and the disciples was the vision of harvest. When you don't have a vision of harvest, you will bypass people who need the gospel. You will even be surprised. Why is pastor preaching this? And Why is he going everywhere? Why are we doing this? You see, every time people don't have a vision for the harvest, they always question why people are doing stuff. 
There is no amount of money that's too expensive to put in the gospel to reach people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Look at what he says. So the woman left her water pot, went into the city and said to the men, Come, see a man who told me all the things that I've done. This is the Christ, is it? They went out of the city and were coming to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know. I have food to eat that you do not know. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. This is our food. This is our vision. This is what keeps us going. This is the strength of our life. To do the will of the Father. Now this is where we took the theme of this message from. It says, do not say there are yet four months. And then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields that they are white for harvest. Lift your eyes. Catch a vision of harvest. He told the disciples, there's a vision of harvest. That you need to catch. Are you hearing this? There's a vision of harvest. Saints, there's a vision of harvest. In, in, uh, in fact, when I was coming with pastor this morning, all our discussion in the car, I was just telling him, what else can we do to just impact the city? What meetings can we do? Is that not what I was talking about? I mean, I drive into the city and that's the vision. How can we reach more people? How can more people hear this message? Do you understand? Let's lift our eyes. What, what do you mean to lift your eyes? It means you're looking down. You're short-sighted. You're looking at yourself. No, lift your eyes. Don't say in four months. Don't say, oh, when I'm richer, I'm going to partner with the gospel. No. No, do it now. Do it now. Catch a vision. Put your money in the gospel. Catch a vision for harvest. Praise God. Catch a vision. Don't say in four months. Don't say we're going to do outreach next month. Start today. Get flyers on your way to church. Distribute. Do something every day towards the harvest. Post something about church online. Get something about your status. Get the sun. See, get saints. Let's get going with the vision. Have a vision for harvest. Have a vision for harvest. You can invest millions and lose millions in one day. You cannot invest in the gospel and go wrong. Lives will be touched. Lives will be transformed. I want you to leave this service with a vision of an eternal harvest. Young people around us, women around us, boys around us, our friends, if this gospel changed our life, let's endeavor changes the lives of others. Spread the messages. Get involved. Don't just share comedy and jokes on social media. Share what the ministry is doing. Share what the ministry is doing. Share the messages. Get people involved. Let people find life from your status. Let people find life from you. Share the words of eternal life. Have someone in your mind you're bringing to church next Sunday. See, it's not just so that the church will be full. That's part of it. But it's so that men will find life. And men will find truth. You know, there are so many messages being preached today. 
few truths is going out. That's the truth. Sometimes you hear a lot of messages out of, you know, I was teaching the Bible school students yesterday in Lagos, and I was asking them, when last did you hear a message in your church about justification? And I take that survey every time I teach Bible school students. When last did you hear a message about atonement? When last did you hear a message about redemption? When last did you hear a message about patience? When last did you hear a message about love? These are all biblical themes. Hmm? But you know, we don't teach a lot of those things. What are the most common messages? Seven ways to the next level. Six steps to overcoming obstacles. Everything is about us, 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 us. Matthew 6, 33. Seek you first the kingdom of God. And every other thing will be added unto you. We're not like the Gentiles. We're sons of God. God is a good father. Oh, I tell you, God is a good father. God is a good father. God is a good father. He is a good father. He is a good God. He cares about us. He knows our needs. He will supply every need. Glory to God. He will supply every need. Praise God. I said praise God. Thank you Lord Jesus. Let's catch a vision for the harvest. This city is ours for the taking. Let's catch a vision for the harvest. Let's not relent. Let's not relent. Much more people need to be taught the word. Much more people need to be established in doctrine. Hallelujah. Let's stand on our feet. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We're just going to pray that God will give us a vision. God will give us a vision. The vision will stay in our heart. Let's just pray for a few minutes. Let there be a vision. Let, let something bubble in our hearts. Oh, brakata shakata baye. We catch the vision. Oh, bale sosteke barane soso bahandeshka. Retonza katele brakosoza. Our eyes is on the harvest field. Our eyes is on the harvest field. We cast our eyes on the harvest field. Rakon shatabaha. My life will make a meaning. Oh, bretoske de bahadeshka. My finances will make a meaning. Baratoshka le bahandesh. Ombre de 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 bose, recando shakatele mondo seberadoska, retonza katishka diba ambros ke de 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 bose, retonzka taba yanonja. In the mighty name of Jesus, I like us to pray. Pray for yourself. I don't know where, I don't know where you've been stirred by this message. It might be committing your finances so that the message will be preached. I talked about videos that were sponsoring. It might be sponsoring adverts of the local church on Facebook. It might be uh, uh, just partnering with your pastor. Just sowing into the work. Just being of a blessing to your man of God. It can be uh, getting materials, getting books, getting messages. And saying, hey pastor, how can we get this to go forward? It can be getting more flyers. I say, hey, let's print more flyers. Let's get them in the city. He can be saying, hey, let's reach out to teenagers in my neighborhood. Let's go to a school. Let's start sowing the word. Let's not relent. It doesn't have to be big. We can start small. We can start small. Father, renew our vision for the harvest. Oh, ratabash kandele de 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 bose telebregedosha. Renew our vision for the harvest. We can take the city for God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you for everyone here. I take authority over every sickness. I take authority over every disease. I pray that anyone who is sick in this place, in the name of Jesus, thou spirit of infirmity, we repent.
rebuke you in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for their jobs. I pray for their finances. May there be breakthroughs released upon them. Open doors in the mighty name of Jesus. That, that's, that, that whole thing that makes you go around in circles in your life and in your dreams and in your goals. We take authority over it in the name of Jesus. We just pray for the spirit of favor to be released upon this congregation. That you would walk into favor from today. New dimensions of favor. This year will be new for you in every area of your life. We release the blessing, O oh God, upon this church. We release the blessing upon this work. We release the blessing upon pastor and his family. And and those who are laboring alongside we call this house blessed in the name of jesus we call the people in this house blessed in the name of jesus we call the children blessed in the name of jesus and lord we thank you because our vision for harvest is activated our vision for harvest is activated and enabled in the name of the lord jesus christ thank you heavenly father in jesus mighty name we pray amen come on let's give the lord a mighty hand clap glory to god Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email. Info at pastormax.ng or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.